Welcome to your typical Shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and today we're talking Redline. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm always doing good when I do a podcast with my brother. How are you doing? Man, equally as excited to be, you know, taking the time to chat about, I don't know, crazy stuff like uh, like this, like Redline and other things for the last however long we've been doing this yes and other things and red line for sure and the fact that my chair keeps like going down you know gonna have to see why that's happening at an undisclosed time because the chair is just so excited about the crazy bonkers cattywampus world of red line so of course red line the feature film from madhouse back from 2009 is uh is about future space death races, which I haven't seen anyone actually die. We just kind of gloss over that. But yeah, uh, yeah that's the vibe. Future it death is. races. Yeah, like I I feel like Red Line is so intricate. I know it's like a bunch of things you can kind of compare it to. Like it has a space dandy vibe. It has like a little bit of a, you know, dead leaves vibe slash like initial D like and even Gurren Logan in a sense, like there are things that you can compare it to, but like none of those do it justice. You just kind of got to watch it. Yeah. So if I'm picking a bunch of stuff out of my brain that this kind of falls into the same vibe with, I'm thinking F zero, right? The video game, you know, you got uh captain Falcon and all of those other crazy characters doing, you know, future races and, and flying cars and stuff like that. Um, but like, as you said, space dandy with the comedy relief and the pompadour primarily, um, the kind of, uh, future grimy future technology vibe. And of course, uh, Star Wars, you know, cause now, yes, you know, hundred percent. Now this is pod racing. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, you know, I know we'll get into this a little bit later, so I should probably just wait to say this later. But, like, I felt like it had the level of detail of Star Wars when it came to, like, the different characters and planets and technology and everything. It felt like a real homage, and you could see the inspiration from Star Wars. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, the the plot isn't particularly deep, but the the world building and the imagery is really what sets Redline apart from some other... Uh, other shows in this genre. Yes, like definitely, like you said, definitely the um, animation, the like dialogue, the characters, like how much, like you know, just they bring to the overall project. Like, and the fact that this just seems like a passion of love. Like Red Line, like you said, the premise is about basically a death race that happens across the universe. Um, so one giant tournament art, but it is the like love and care and detail that goes into it that I feel like separates it. Like, I'm going to say this, this is one of my like favorite anime movies. I feel like just like in terms of like the risk that it took that paid off and just the like, like you utilized my hour and 40 minutes in such a way that like. I respect you for not wasting my time on this, if that makes sense. 
yeah, you know, the, the, the plot goes cattywamper bonkus, um, and we, we escalate. We don't ever stop escalating uh, once we get into the actual red line race. Uh, but everything is visually stunning and so dense. And it, every scene, the, the care for every scene, and we'll talk about that in, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the production. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. You see every frame is, is so carefully crafted to set the vibe. And it's so great. So this is coming out of Madhouse in 2009. Um, we Madhouse. Uh, yes. Uh, by director uh, Takeshi Koike with his first feature film uh, directorial debut. Uh, he's worked on some other things uh, like the Afro Samurai uh, pilot episode. Um, you know, a number of other things beforehand, a couple of short films after red line, he went on to direct, I don't know, loop in the third, you know, the three feature films that came from 2014 to 2019. Yeah, no, he did a, he is like, uh, he's done a freaking great job and I'm well, really Lupin is like one of my favorites. So I feel like that's also why. Um, I don't know if that's art imitating life or life imitating art, you know, because um, I've always loved Lupin, but he did a lot of work with Lupin the Third, which is like probably my favorite Lupin. Like, have you seen Lupin the Third? That is one of the shows that I actually have not sat down and watched. Okay, there's like this dope ad, especially in uh, um, Goman's body or blood spray. Like, there is a crazy lumberjack scene that you just need to, like, watch. But, um, now, like, his direction, I wish he would direct more things, honestly. I don't know if he's, like, retired or what's going on. I know he's older now. Um, I believe he's around 55. But he's, he's still around and doing work. So, you know, we're talking his directorial stuff. But he's been a key animator for a number of things, you know, back to the 80s, um, you know, up through modern day, he's done some stuff on uh, Card Captor Sakura. He's done some stuff on Vampire Hunter D, uh, Bloodlust, Blood the Last Vampire, a lot of film animation. Um, but I mean, even so far as Yosuke, uh, Yasuke in 2021, he's he's quoted for being a, a character design artist. So he's still doing stuff, you know, which is great to see that you know this talent is still doing and having an impact uh, in the industry. Yeah. So, But with that, Red Line, of course, uh, came out around the same time as, as Matt House's other kind of big uh, feature film uh, releases. You know, we've got stuff like uh, Summer Wars, which you have talked about and we're going to do eventually. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of others, My My Miracle and uh, Yona Yona Penguin. Uh, two of which I have never heard of. Yeah. Have you, what's that? Have you heard of those other last two? I have not. Um, you said Yoni Yona Penguin and... My My Miracle. No, I have, May May. I have not heard of that at all. Um, but, like, I do know it also came out the same time as... Um, the, it came on the same season as um, Evangelion 2.0, You Cannot Advance... Really? Baka, yeah, Bakamana Tagari, like you said, Summer Wars, Spice and Wolf, um, 
there's a lot of garden centers. Like, there's a lot of things that, like, this had to compete with. Because there's one thing I want to say. Um, I feel like Japan failed Redline. Because Why? It, is, it is not, like, received. Redline really kind of grew outside of Japan. Because it came out in 2009 in Japan. But, like, the rest of the world got around, like, 2011. And that's when it kind of really came... Excuse me, came to prominence. Um, and it was the last kind of big, you know, independent, like a studio could do an independent project. Like this was kind of like the last of the era before they moved more so towards like surefire bets or sequels or like generic things. This was kind of like the last like big risk project that was taken because Japan really didn't like mess with this that much. Um, because like the Japanese audience are. You know, their tastes differ a lot. Like, just for example, like the My Hero Academia villain arc was like resounded as the best arc in the manga, like outside of Japan. But in Japan, they hated it. It was like the least favorite because it's not what they're like interested in. And of course, like Japan's going to make stuff for Japan first. Um, So, yeah, Redline didn't really get a lot of love in over there. And it's like super sad. Yeah, um, you know, it looks like the box box office was eight point two million. I don't have any statistics on what it cost to make, but yeah, I can really see that. You know, and until it got a, a home release and became a cult classic, you know, yeah, yeah. definitely. So seeing what it does in theaters compared to what the heights we have seen anime movies get to nowadays, yeah. like you know, back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. You know, yeah, yeah, like Scrooge outsold this in theaters over there. Like Jim Carrey screwed. Wow. Yeah. But that's not to say it's not a it's not a, a incredible film. There's a reason it's become a cult classic. Yeah, it's a base because such love and 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 passion has been, you know, imbued into the project. So this is a uh the development of this film took seven years, right? Yeah. And it used a hundred thousand handmade drawings that's crazy that's crazy. you you feel every bit of that right there's a reason that this doesn't look like anything else you you see on on you know weekly production yes it's got a bigger budget because it's a film but even then you know the the intricacy and the detail applied to every single thing in this film is just so crazy and you know with that number it, it feels like it it definitely feels like everything was almost hand-drawn no it does like and you can see like when the with the jerks and the back and forth and the immediate stops and just how the movement of the vehicles and everything kind of flow together you can definitely tell that this is you know for lack of a better word um just a labor of love and i personally after because i think i'm gonna have to get this on blu-ray because i just i it's something that i want to you know own because i don't want to have to be like oh it's on amazon or here that or i have to find it or i gotta go you know to the high seas i kind of want to be able to like pop this in if i got somebody over the house and be like yeah let's watch this cult classic like you know and because it, it is definitely like in terms cause i know we talked about the um so we talked about the premise of it like what it is exactly but I noticed on the rundown, you said some comparable works you had um, were Fate Zero. 
F Zero. So F Zero is a video game franchise. Oh yes, F Zero. Hundred percent. See it now. Um, yes, F Zero. Um, when was the last time you played F Zero? What was that on like PS? No, it was a Nintendo game. Um, so I mean, the original F Zero came out on Super Nintendo. Yeah, but you know, there you know you have uh, Captain uh, Captain Planet. He's a hero. No, Captain Falcon. Um, in all your Smash games and and all of that, but like the the character lineup really speaks to me from uh from F Zero. Kind of larger than life personalities, each have their own story and interaction. Um, and kind of the lunacy of it all is kind of the fun part. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of a show that was on like Disney. XD when we were little, which was a French-Japanese cartoon, which kind of like an anime that I didn't even know, but it was called Oban Star Racers. I remember having seen some of this. Yes, and it came out in 2006, and um, when I was doing the research for Red Light and everything and watching it, I was like, yo, I, I feel, I feel like this is what Oban Racers was trying to be. And this is obviously superior, A, because I got an ending. So, and B, like, it's just, <laughs> it looks a lot better. But it's like, because I know with um, kind of like our main character or like, yeah, Song Shi, she kind of mentions her dad. And in Oban Star Racers, the girl is doing the race so she can like use her wish to find her dad. But her dad is actually like the mechanic. So I'm like, what if Song Shi's like dad is actually like, another racer or something i don't know it's like so i was just kind of like okay i see that little like similarity or something yeah man now let, let's kind of get into some plot and some art and some world building like that's one of the things i really think this show does successfully but also it does leave some room for questions right yes so we have you know let's say all of 45 seconds we have a number of, of small scenes uh, to really introduce the the characters and their interactions, and those have to be meaningful, right? So with uh, Sanoshi, we, we have to get her background and her interaction with uh, people. You know, uh, we get a lot of this set up in the first race. Then we move on to when we're going to Redline, and we've got to pace it all out, but we have to make each moment count. Yeah. So we, we don't get information about her dad other than a couple quick lines and that she gave her, like he gave her some special super nitro that she's saving from the age of seven. Yeah. The starlight or something or blue. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And, and like for me, Yes, I'd like more backstory if we had more time, but it doesn't matter to the current like yeah story, and I think that's something that this does really well. Yeah. It's like here's enough to get us to the next thing and be satisfying enough. Yes, the only thing that I would have liked to know about her is why she was called the Cherry Boy Hunter, which yes was never explained. But um, oh, I will say another comparison I had hardcore to this. Was IGPX like yes? That was like especially with her introduction at the restaurant, how she was. She reminded me 
of like the French girl from whatever the team was. Um, oh my god, the only team I can remember in my head is Sludge Mama because just like, <laughs> um, they're memorable, <laughs> yeah. But it was like the French team. Um, uh, I know Takashi was the main, it was the Takashi's girlfriend for a point, like Velstein. No, Velstein was the douchebags. Um, anyway, but like she reminds me like so much of that like group. Yeah. And and this is definitely IGPX if the dub was good. Skylark, Team Skylark. Sorry. Team Skylark. <laughs> that was that's who they were. So Yeah, man. Yeah. Team Skylark. Yeah, Fontaine. Her name was Fontaine Valjean. Man, that'll do it every time, man. Mm. Yes. Like that was that's who she reminds me of and she even kind of looks like her. So I have I'm putting on my tin hat for this one. But um <laughs> yeah. So um I got that kind of vibe for her cuz she was like laid back and you know, we met her at a restaurant. We met um Fontaine at a restaurant and they both go over 200 miles per hour. Wow. Yeah. I so one thing about Redline is plot see why not um this we have a we have a basic love story right yeah between tanoshi and jp and do you know jp's full name uh sweet jp no that's his nickname his given name is joshua jp punkhead oh wow because of course it is hmm. course. but no we have this kind of uh over long plot uh love story that we're kind of playing at the entire time, which I'm glad it's straightforward. I'm glad that they have a little bit of excitement with, oh my gosh, he's a bad boy. He's got a criminal record for rigging races. And then he owns up to it because he wanted to save his good friend who got fell in with the mob. And boom, we went, you know, boom, the, the red line race continues. You yes. Know? I like that this is a feel good time the entire way. Yes. And I like, um, I like that JP is, like, actually a stand-up dude, you know, that he refuses to use weapons and, like, augmentations to his Trans Am, which the fact that he's driving a Trans Am, just, anyway, but, um, how did you feel about that, like, in JP's character, like, that he was, you know, refusing to do that? I, it's one of those things where the, he, he has some form of principles, right? He's got this kind of moral compass, but the boundaries of that are questionable because he got nicked for uh, rigging races. Yeah. And uh, we see him, you know, go along with it. And not that he is, he's driving to win, but he knows where he is. He knows the circumstances he is in. And that's kind of the rough part. Mm hmm. And not rough as in bad, but like the the challenge and the struggle morally, um, which makes it kind of interesting because it's it's this whole thing about loyalty to a friend versus uh, you know what is objectively right and wrong. Yeah. So I I think that was a really great uh, plot point and relationship point to bring to a show like this, especially because you can kind of knock that out in an hour and forty five minutes. You can get that story across the finish line. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I also really agree with each other about this being like a feel good movie, you know, like um, just seeing our characters, like seeing the different variety. That's what I love the most is like variety in characters and seeing have like such a 
like a wide scope of characters, which I feel like is allowed by like the art style of Redline. You know, the fact that it's so abstract. There's so many colors, like, and we get like all these different types of aliens. We get like even machine monsters. We get like um, just like things that look like freaking, like whatever Lynchman was. Like I don't know what the fuck he was, but he was cool yeah. to see. Of course, Frisbee looks like a like a Thundercat Ewok mix. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then you got the two waifus with like Boso or. Bo Boss Boss and Bobby, the idols, the singers. Yeah, like, man. <laughs> so, like, it was, it was a fun time with like all the characters and like, because you got this concept, which is a whole ass death race, like you said, but no one dies, thankfully. Um, but you got all this lighthearted energy and like kind of beauty in it too. Like the scene when um our boy JP was like. Um, like kind of weaving underneath, like I think it was Metalhead's. It was either Metalhead or like Lynchman's vehicle. I don't remember. It was when like um, talk about Shung- the beginning of the movie. Yeah, like when Shang Chi or not Shang Chi. Wow, when Shun <laughs> Shi um kind of went off into the water, and we saw why her stuff was called the crab. Yeah, yeah. And JP was like swerving, and just like that artistry with like the clicking of the buttons and like just the cutaway shots. I was like, yo, this is euphoric for me right now. This is like fucking, this is like some fucking indescribable feeling type shit right now. Because it's so clean and it fits with the emotion of the, of the, the plot where it is. Like that first race is an incredible way to introduce the action for the entire film. Yeah. Because we get the whole, we get the racing, we get the action, we get the characters visually, and then we get the introduction of the plot about the race being rigged. Yeah, and it what what a way to open, you know? Yeah, no, it's like that was it was a fun ass time. I mean, as the story goes on, you know, you realize you've got all this other stuff going on as well. Like you got the Machine Empire on some Power Ranger shit. Um, shout out Mighty Morphin. Also, I'm wearing a Mighty Morphin shirt right now. Shirt. Um, the Machine Empire is like, yo, like, I ain't trying to, you know, have this race on my planet because everybody going to know we trying to blow them up. <laughs> like, I'm just like. Every, yeah, everyone's going to know about our secret weapons. And it's like, for, oh, Lord, that that whole thing. But, yeah, man, um, the the robot robo world president. I love that they did the Robo World people where you hated them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you make a bad guy and you make you care about the bad guy, like, losing the entire time. And, of course, we have enormous visuals, like the whole, like, uh, space laser thing that tries to blow up something later on. And then, you know, like, that's a crazy visual. Yes. It's the visuals just went like stupid in the best way like it was it was a it was a spectacle like <laughs> yes I, I don't, that, that is an accurate word <laughs> this madhouse been madhouse bro i don't even i don't even know how to like this is what i miss this is what i miss all right so let, let's let's talk about some plot right quick to get us to the point where everything goes off the rails so 
we get the initial race at the beginning of the film. We find out about the whole rigging of the race. JP's going to go lay back in the cut and then towards the end of the race going to come out in first and then lose because the mafia. This really reminds me of the classic mafia story as, as, you know, all this time. But in that kind of plot point, we see the same stuff in Megalobox. We do. And that's another great telling of that same point, you know. The, the racer, the boxer, can go. He can do it. He can win. Circumstances dictate that it's better off that he doesn't. Yes. And the, the whole movie is about him going and doing and having the support, whether it's from uh, Junk Dog's uh, trainer or whether it's from uh, JP's uh, mechanic, Frisbee. No. Yeah. So, like, I agree with you, and the fact that it, um, it had, like, that same energy as, um, Samurai Shampoo's Mega Block, Mega Low Box, um, not in terms of just, like, the, like, Mega Low Box with the plot, but, like, the feel of Samurai Shampoo. Like, you know, it felt yes. like, um, JP felt like a good mix of, like, Mugen and, oh my gosh, what is his name? The other one. I'm so sorry. But, like, uh, I forgot. Like, Jin. Jin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mugen and Jin. Um, he felt like a good mix of that, where Song Shi felt like, I don't know, Ellie? Is that her name? It's probably not Ellie. But, like, a Ellie. lot less annoying version of her. Like, substantially more likable than her. Um, but it also felt like, you know, the way they were coming at um, JP during the race felt like kind of the sequential events of Samurai Shampoo where, like, they would have obstacles every so often, like, you know, where, um, and that's kind of, like, the progression of how that happened. And also, I like how it feels, like, personal, like, everybody has something that they're fighting for, you know, like, that they're racing yes. for. Like, that, that felt good. Yes. You know, having motivation even as as basic as it is uh, for the characters, makes them feel like competitors. It doesn't make them just feel like, you know, uh, people to beat, just yeah. just random characters to go off and, and defeat. Like, we have to do this because we have to fill time. No, like, like having all the characters in the race of have, having motivation and being kind of more or less unique really makes it feel worth the time invested for the red line race. Yes. Like so we get into the red line race which is someone chose to do it on Robo Planet where Robo Planet doesn't want the race to go on and then it goes off and Robo Planet throws everything they have at preventing the race and then it goes off the rails. Yes. In the funnest way. Like so I just I think it was a good showcase. I like how that happened. Because before it would have kind of just been like, you know, a, it still would have been like a death race, but I feel like this had more to it. Like, okay, like, you know, we got all this stuff happening and like also the fact that these people be having like missiles on their cars and just like the amount of like weaponry and things happening just was kind of crazy at one point and how we just like the ludicrousy of West where it felt like space standing where it's like, oh, there's a rocket. Let me pull out a pistol and shoot it. 
that was cool. I was yeah. glad to see her her do something, you know, competitive like that. Open her open her hatch and just shoot at the damn thing. Yeah. So But I, Yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but I agree with what you were saying about how um the machines kinda constructing um all this other stuff to happen and how it just kind of like takes the race by storm, but it's also like the race is crazy because it's the red line. You're no longer in the yellow line. Like, of course, it's going to be like par for the course. You know, no one's going to think like two if hands or butts about it. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, a couple of them did, which is why uh, JP got the opportunity to compete in the red line because it was on Robo, Robo World and all this stuff. But, oh my God. So eventually, the race winds up with a giant kaiju bioweapon that they're not supposed to have. Yeah. And that's wrecking the the world. So one, that's causing problems. Two, the space laser comes back online and blows up the giant kaiju. That and was, that causes that was, problems. Yeah. I You know what? I think I really enjoy the fact that we go giant kaiju and then blow it up. And that leaves us time for an emotional scene between JP and Sanoshi. That's where, like, she gets to confront him about his uh, criminal past. Yeah. And this is a touching moment about the love story, where he's like, because previously in this love story, they're like, why did you start racing? He's like, ah, you don't want to worry about it. And he's like, okay, why did you start racing? And she's like, you tell me first. And then it's this whole thing. But, like, we finally come down to it, and they, like, come to an understanding about the situation, and then they go and compete in Redline together because her car is blown up. Yeah, so he sits on her lap, and I'm like, you lucky motherfucker. Yeah, be be an anime character, my man. That's the goal. Be, be, be fictional. Yes. <laughs> like, that's, that's the goal as well. <laughs> um, but no, then, 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 you know, the giant... Funky boy, uh, death bioweapon is competing with the new giant kaiju that comes out, and then that just never gets touched on again. Yeah, it's that was weird, but I mean, it was like weird in terms of like acceptability. Like, it's something I'm willing yeah. to accept because everything is going some type of way. Yeah, because we're not worried about the bioweapon, we're worried about winning. Red line. Yeah. To which, like, we do. Yeah. We do. Now, how did you feel, you know, about... So, in this race, we spent a lot of time building up to the red line race itself. We get a lot of background on rebuilding the car and the interaction of the characters. Um, You know, the relationship between... Uh, JP being the driver and trusting Frisbee to put the car together, even though he knows that Frisbee's in with the mob. Yeah. And just like, all right, you know, I'm just the driver. And when I'm the driver, I'm in charge. But till then, I'm not. And this whole dynamic of trust, how did you feel about the scene where Frisbee's watching the final race? And he's like, the mob boss cuts him a check and he's like, all right. It's time to throw the race. Hit the button on the bomb you planted. And Frisbee's like, no, 
I want to see him do it this one time. And then he starts getting beaten up. So, and then sorry, badass forearm grandpa rolls in and murders everyone. Yes. How do you feel about that scene? I felt like that was dope. And I felt like that was that was also kind of like I felt that connection to Megalobox when like um you know Gearless Joe's trainer, Junkyard Dog, I think that's his name, um, like ripped his eye out for Joe. It was like, here, you know, um seeing Frisbee like be a real one kind of solidified that trust that um JP had in him and like that just felt like an absolute like you know bro moment like yes this is what I like needed you know and I don't know if like JP kind of knew that the whole time or if that was like something he wanted to see but um also I don't know if that was Frisbee just doing it out of the kindness of his heart um or if it was like him actually being like I tr- like I don't know if it was like a curiosity thing or if it was like an actual bro thing. You know what I mean? But I feel like it was like a bro moment. Yeah. And it probably was because it was one of those things where everything sensed the history of their being, you know, having fallen in with the mob. They've had to do what they've had to do. So this was this was Frisbee's chance to like let JP drive. Yeah. And and not cut it short for the money. Because the money was double what they were going to be paid, anyways. Yeah, like so. so. Definite, definite bro moment, and to have uh, have old Gramps roll in with his, you know, four arms. And, that was dope. Yeah, and then them sit there and watch the watch the race, and then have circumstances happening. Like we throw the super turbo rock from you know Sanashi's dad into the car, and they're boosting and they're competing with. Uh, not Metal Face. It's uh, Machine Head. Yeah, Machine Head. Which is wild, because Machine Head's like, I'll just turn into the fucking car my damn self. Yeah, man. Like, that was so and, wild. And they're neck and neck, and they're competing, and then he's like, I need something to go faster. And then Gramps hits the button to blow up the bomb on the car, and then they're, you know, suddenly going faster. They're, they're a rocket, not a car anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, what really messed me up was seeing the poster for Red Line. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And then that being kind of the winning pose, like the fact that JP wins by his hair. <laughs> like, yes. I was like, the symbolism, the like foreshadowing, the everything, like, what the hell? But yeah. I'm I was so mad that he won, by, he won by a pompadour, yes. Yes. But I'm like, it felt appropriate. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Jim, them just like floating down the ether, and everything's blue, and then they like kiss. I'm just like, you know what? I'm satisfied. Like, at least it wasn't yeah. one of those like it could have been such an ending that pissed me off. It could be <laughs> one of those endings, bro, where it's like it just cuts and you never know who wins. Like that would have pissed me off so bad. Yeah, I was about to ask, how do you feel about they win the race, they kiss, we end the movie. Like that's it. How do you feel about? that abrupt of an ending we get all of the payoff at one time and then see i feel like that fits it you know i as much as a sucker i am for romance and slice of life i would love to see you know them take a final drive together or something but that's not the vein of the movie you know this movie is kind of like grunge and punk and you know 
there's a lot of stuff that happens in it. And just seeing my boy JP, like, confirm the relationship was already more of a payoff than I honestly thought I would get, you know? So seeing that, seeing uh, not Machine Head, Metalhead, or is it Machine Head? I don't know. I think it's Machine Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seeing the Machine Head uh, fucking transform into a Decepticon and still not be able to win, like... <laughs> The fact, that was the other thing. I was like, you know, if they just have him win again, since he's won the past, like, 23 times or whatever, like, and it was like, it wasn't about winning. Like, that also would have pissed me off. But seeing is like, we got to beat the reigning champ. It's our first race since the yellow line. It's our first, you know, legit race. And it kind of fit to the theme, which, like, I didn't expect to get, is that, like, you know, sometimes... Not sometimes, but, like, you know, you should always believe in yourself, you know? Like, you should always take bet on yourself. Like, and I felt like that's what JP in the story of Red Lion was kind of about, you know? Was, it didn't start off like that, you know, because it was rigged and stuff happened. But at the end, like, you know, see what you're capable of and you might just come out on top. So I felt like that was, like, the, you know, kind of intrinsic um, lesson that happened. Yeah. And uh, don't fuck with the mob. Yeah, definitely don't fuck with the mob. Um, fuck the mob. But also get a fucking Trans Am because that's really the future. Like, <laughs> yeah, at this rate, you know, you know, don't get no, uh, don't get no electric car. Get a Trans Am and wait till the grimy future, and you'll win your death race, yeah. assuming you beat death to that death race, which I will. You know, um. I I got the turbo, so I'll be okay. Final verdict. Red line. Worth it, not worth it. Good ass movie. It's going in my top movies. Anime. I mean, I even I, even outside of anime, I put this in my top. Um cuz I think most of my top movies are anime anyway, but like just the beauty of it. Like this is a movie that I feel like I can show anybody and they could take something away from. This is also a movie if it came back around I would pay to go see in theaters. This is also a movie that, like, I would show my kids. Like, this is... <laughs> well, y- yes, I agree when they're old enough to see titties. Yes, yes, of course. Because what Boy Boy and Boss had going on in that scene, that was Boss Boss and Boy Boy, whatever their names are. No, I mean, I mean, Sanoshi was chilling on her couch watching them. Cole chilling in her house, where she should be, Cole relaxing. Hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Added to the films. uh, Yeah. I mean, it it kind of added to like the vibe. You know, I wasn't thinking about it as like a horny way, but I guess it kind of was. No, I mean, it was fan service. Yeah. That scene fucked me up, though, when like the two girls, like the Super Boys, when they did like the leg cross thing, I was like, Lord Jesus. Um, But it was a vibe, you know. I was like, when yeah. that happened, I was like, well, can't show this to the Erskins. <laughs> but Listen, they are, they are married and grown, <laughs> and they can make their own decisions. They can. Um, and they would. But absolutely, I, I agree yeah. with you. Uh, 100% a great film. And when, when folks are old enough to, you know, partake in content like this, it is absolutely a, sh- a film to show them. Yes. And I 100% feel like if I ever met anybody with a red line tattoo, I would automatically respect them. I'm like, what would that even look like? A Trans Am with a giant pompadour. Yes. But. Or like, 
definitely could see them having like I think I actually saw a tattoo on one of the Instagram pages I follow of Sayoshi before I knew who she was. It was like in watercolor. It was like really dope. Yeah. Yeah. But watch Red Line um, win the race, kiss the girl in the film. That is literally what you do to be great in life. Man. Yes. Absolutely. If only it was that easy. It can be. Um, can it? No, but I mean, uh, okay. About I was about to ask how, but uh, you know, just just be Redline. Also, your ass off. Yes. Oh, but yes, Redline, great film. Go watch it on all your streaming services that it's available on, which is Amazon is. Prime. Yes, and of course, you can catch us on all your podcasters. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Podcast, at your typical Shono protagonist or YTSP. Or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U R T S P. Kai, you have stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dread on Twitter. Um, Static Dreads with a Z. Um, where we're just talking about stuff, getting things done, being the best us we can possibly be. Kind of. Mostly. Yes, I agree. Uh, and of course, catch the other product for your more broader animation, both Eastern and Western animation, at Content Breaker on all your podcatchers or Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at Content Breaker. Catch y'all next week for more Your Typical Shonen Protagonist.